For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Make sure you check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel pre and post game off every single Heat game this season and pre and post off every single Dolphin game although I can't necessarily encourage that. Also check out fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell that one out for the latest no paywall articles. We don't have a paywall like the newspapers. You can get all of our heat, dolphins, hurricanes, MLS, MMA, Panthers. They're going to be good this year. You can get all of that coverage on fivereasonsports.com for free. Also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Trade shows are back, but maybe your entire staff is not. That's why you need to reach out to everythingtradeshows.com. They're based right here on Las Olas. Here's the phone number, 954-791-8882. That's 954-791-8882. They will do the entire thing for you. It's a one-stop shop. Logistics, booth, graphics, furniture, flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They'll teach you the difference between renting and buying. And yeah, they're based in Fort Lauderdale, down the street from me, but they can service all 50 states. So schedule a free consultation Mention five reasons you'll get a free booth rendering. These things are really cool. We're going to start putting them on the five reasons uh, Instagram page as well, which you can find at five reasons sports phone number again, 954-791-8882, everything trade shows.com. And now today's S. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Alex Toledo will be back with us later in the week. And we have, for a third straight season, the voice of the Miami Heat, Eric Reed. We should be in the Hall of Fame. That's a whole nother conversation. I don't want to embarrass him here, but we're going to talk to him about the five things that he's excited about coming into this heat season. We did this a couple of years ago. I remember you talking about Kendrick Nunn being one of those five possibilities. And then a week later he was starting and he was a rookie of the year candidate. Uh, there was more to be excited about as it turned out two seasons ago than last season. But I feel like that excitement is back. I was in the building uh, last night that did not feel like a preseason game <laughs> at the end. Uh, and also I know this is a better experience for you this year uh, because things are a little bit more back to normal before we get to those five things, Eric, how are things more back to normal than maybe they were the past couple of seasons? Good way to start Ethan. First of all, it's always uh, a pleasure to come on with you and, and uh, your crew to talk about the, the Miami heat season and, and the things that are going on. Uh, you know, I feel like this season really, and, and the, the slow walk back to whatever normal is going to look like. For me, it started in, in summer league. Now, 
the Heat, I, th- I think the Miami Heat's the only team in the NBA that both encourages and enables their broadcasters to attend the NBA Summer League in Las Vegas. And I, I go I go every summer um, for maybe five days, at least four nights. Um, you, you catch four to five days and nights worth of, you can see four to five games uh, a day there. Uh, you get to get your first look at your rookies, uh, your, 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 you know, returning maybe one year veterans. And, you, and, and this, Ethan, so for me, you know, Summer League is one of the most underrated events on the NBA map because A, everybody in the basketball world is there besides these, these young players that are scrapping the, to try to make a name for themselves and earn a spot in the NBA. But you've got every basketball coach, GM, executive, scout, in the basketball globe uh, is there yet. So very few of my colleagues, um, you know, so it's a great way to start. Now this year was even more so because it was the first time in a year and a half or a season and a half that we were in the gym face to face with players, ability to talk to assistant coaches. And, you know, that's where we first saw, you know, none and hero a few years ago. Uh, I remember seeing Bam and Duncan in their summer league summers so it, I love starting on page zero with, with players like that. Um, and this summer, got to see Yurtsevin, um, got to see Max Struess jump up to the next level, got to watch Micah Potter and Marcus Grant, got to look at Javon Smart. And that was just sort of like the, the, uh, this great natural takeoff point for what we're enjoying now in training camp and the preseason. It's the next step. Like in summer league, listen, it's, it's really competitive for the players there. And it's scary for the one or two year veterans that are in summer league, because let's say a Max Struess or an Akpala, Gabe Vincent, who didn't participate this year. But when you're one of those guys, uh, there's always that danger of just blending in. And for me, I always like the, I, I always, you know, it's all about who stands out. And like Yurtsevin stood out in summer league, Max Struess, you know, shine brightly in summer league. Is it a guarantee uh, of success at the next level? Absolutely not. But it's your first step towards that. So now preseason, we've seen a continuation of that. So again, it's you're not picking up right from first look at Yurtsevin. We've seen him in the summer. You understand how he went from a two-way contract candidate to a, a roster guy with a real contract. Um, and And of course, you know, the off-season additions now. I love the preseason, Ethan. Um, you know, in, in two weeks' time of training camp and preseason, I've been to three practices, a scrimmage, and, you know, all four of the preseason games. I have already had more conversations with Heat players, Heat assistant coaches, coaches around the NBA, my peers around the league, you know, in two weeks than the last, you know, season and a half. So that's the return to normalcy. And the other big thing, Ethan and Greg, is, you know, we're back traveling. It was a challenge for all broadcasters to, you know, do games remotely. From the bubble, we all were in the same boat. Nobody had a choice. Um, Last year, same thing. Um, You know, doing road games from the empty arena or our studios, uh, the Bally Studios in Fort Lauderdale. And you think it would be, you know, tougher than, than it actually was. But I'm telling you, the minute the game started, the all the week, you know, sitting at the American at the FTX arena, for example, and you're doing a road game and you're sitting at the arena and the court below you is illuminated 
and you're waiting for players to come running out, and all of a sudden you realize there's no game here. The game is going to be on my 24-inch TV monitor, you know, in front of me. So, like, the average viewer is seeing it on a bigger screen than we were. But I want to tell you guys, I got so locked in mm-hmm. on each and every one of those games. And in one crazy way, it actually simplified the task of doing TV. And I only usually tell me tell the story to people in TV because they understand it best. When you're a TV broadcaster doing a game, the, it's like, like driving. The court is the road in front of you. I am mostly looking at the court, but in my two side view mirrors are two TV monitors that uh, is what the viewer is seeing. And guess what? You need to be aware of what's there too, because uh, I don't want the viewer to see something that I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. So it's that constant, you know, there's no science to it. It's a feel of, of when to look at the court, when to, you know, check your, the monitors. When you're doing a game remotely, all you got is the monitor. All you're seeing is the same view that the home television viewer is watching. So in that one silly little way, uh, it simplified the job. But it's hard to do the job, the kind of justice we're used to doing with it, uh, when you're as detached from the product as we had to be the last season and a half. So, you know, the conversations you have with players and coaches, uh, I had this great conversation with Greg Popovich and 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 the the co-architect of that Spurs dynasty, R.C. Buford. And, and, you know, it's funny. R.C. Buford told me a story before the, before the Heat-Spurs game in San Antonio about how he and Pop were assistant coaches on Larry Brown's staff with the Spurs. I had forgotten about that. Then they both left and would later, you know, Pop would come back and replace Bob Hill and R.C. Buford was brought in then as the GM. And those two presided over one of the great modern day dynasties in basketball. And uh, so, you know what, guys, it it was like one or two sentences in a three hour broadcast. But that's how I like to build my house. That's how I like to build a broadcast with with great information and and stories from the storytellers uh, that people are interested in. And now we're going to have the ability to do that. So it's great to be back on the road with your team. Uh, it's it's the only way to really do the job, the, the, the justice that it deserves. Well, I, and look, I, I think as reporters, we can relate because the last two years I was talking to uh, a couple of the guys down there yesterday. And I'm like, you know, there were players that came through here who I never met. <laughs> like, and that, I mean, I've covered the team since 1996. Like I met everybody. I, I, the last couple, I mean, there were guys, I mean, I met, I briefly met Jay Crowder and Andrea Guadala and then the COVID break. Uh, and, and there were so many others like that who just ca- sort of came through. We didn't even have an opportunity. I mean, Zoom calls, I, I think the Heat's done a very good job with it, but it's just not the same. I mean, it's, it's you, you can't, uh, the way you get to know the guys is those side conversations. And, and that's, you know, that, that is how I've always done it through the years. It doesn't mean you're stirring up controversy. You're just trying to get context and you can't get context on a Zoom call. It's just, it's impossible. And you, you get to personalize the job yep. and the situation. Like the, last night, uh, I go to James Borrego, the Charlotte coach, uh, his press conference. I got to ask a few questions at that, but then I waited around. I have a friendship with Coach Borrego um, and was able to talk to him about, you know, personal things for both of us. But also I asked him what, what his thoughts were on his center spot. I didn't want to ask him that in front of the whole room. And right. uh, so it gives you the kind of depth of knowledge that, that you really want to bring to the, to the viewers each night. 
All right, we're going to get to your five things here. I'm going to give you another minute to think about it since I know we sprung this on you uh, right before we came in, and I'm going to let Greg jump in here with you uh, to discuss them with you as well. Before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friends over at Therapist Preferred. I'm not going to screw up the code this time. It's 5RSN. That is our new code, number 5 RSN, you get 25% off the best CBD, a CBD company founded two years ago by a physical therapist to maximize performance and recovery for active people. 100% THC free. There's no failed drug tests or anything like that. Third party lab verified. It's good stuff. All the products made in the U.S. with cutting edge technology from organically grown hemp. The most popular products, the CBD sports cream, the strawberry lemonade gummies, which help me sleep, and the green apple gummies. They also got the tincture and everything else on the site. So go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Again, use the code 5RSN for 25% off your order, plus free shipping on all orders. All right, we're back on five on the floor with Eric Reed. I'm going to let Greg jump in here with Eric. Um, there is a lot to be excited about this season. I, I feel like I'm getting more excited about it as we go, as you start to see how the pieces fit. I will turn the floor over to you here, though, Eric. Give me one thing, and we're going to ask for four more. One thing you're excited about this season. First thing would be Kyle Lowry. Um, you know, admired him from afar for the last 15 seasons, uh, especially his nine years in Toronto. Um, you know, the Heat played Toronto in a, in a couple of playoff series, um, got to watch them in so many other playoff series. And to watch Lowry and DeMar DeRozan in that Toronto backcourt for all those years, you couldn't help but, you know, respect the way they each played the game. Um, I just found myself rooting for those guys when they weren't playing against the Heat. Um, but for Lowry to come to Miami, uh, first of all, we're finding out that the, there is a real place in this league right now for the veteran point guard. You saw what Chris Paul did for Phoenix last year. Uh, you see how much gas in the tank Russell Westbrook still has left. And same for Kyle Lowry. I, I don't want to overstate it, Ethan and Greg, but I think it's the best quarterback the Heat has had since Tim Hardaway, who finished his career in 2001. Um, not to disparage um, uh, Goran Dragic or Mario Chalmers, um, each won a spot in, in the hearts of Heat Nation. Both played on very good teams, Chalmers on some championship teams, but neither one. Uh, was that pure point guard that that Kyle Lowry is? Those are those guys are harder to find. And in Lowry, you you've got a guy that's going to make the game easier for all of his teammates on both ends of the floor. He's he's the tip of the spear defensively. You know, you saw him get through another two or three steals last night. He leads the league each year in charges taken. Tough. He's like you know. It reminds me a lot of Tim Hardaway, but even stronger and tougher on the defensive end than Tim. Like Tim, um, you know, I think he tends to get his teammates involved first and then fill in the gaps offensively when he needs to score when the game calls for that. So I'm excited about having, you know, every, every football team, uh, we all know want a quarterback. Guess what? Every basketball team wants the same thing. Uh, a guy that can, you know, it's a cliche. Can you make your teammates better? Point guards are best equipped to do that. Guys that can read defenses and, and anticipate that next move and, and get guys in the right places. I think we're going to see an, a faster-tempoed team, which has been needed. Uh, I think one thing Heat fans have already seen in the preseason, he's not afraid of the hockey assist, that quick hit-ahead pass from backcourt to, to frontcourt. And I think you'll be seeing more dunks, more layups, I hope more free-throw attempts, thanks to the presence of of Kyle Lowry. So I'm, I'm excited about getting to watch this, you know, really gifted veteran point guard lead Miami. 
Yeah, no, Eric, I'm totally with you. And I think Timmy is really the comparison point. Like when, when you think back through guys who could, who could get you 20 and 10 assists, like if we're just going to get down to, to brass tacks from a statistical perspective, like Kyle's a guy that can do that. And Timmy was doing that. And the quarterback aspects are so much there. Um, and you mentioned uh, the pace and just the, the different things that he's going to be able to impact. We're seeing it early. The contrast to last year is staggering. I'm interested. I'm probably going to beat you to the punch on a couple of what may be some of your, uh, your five key things to look at, but they're related to Kyle. I'm interested uh, to pick your brain about what you think the impact will be with the Heat's two biggest stars. We know how top-heavy this roster is. They're going to rely on the on the big three, so to speak, not necessarily the Heatles, but uh, Kyle, Jimmy, and Bam. What do you think Lowry's impact with Bam Adebayo particularly? I think that's the guy who everybody is watching, that point guard-center combination and what that can mean for Adebayo this season. You'd be a good point guard, Greg. That's where, that's where I would have gone next. Uh, my second thing would be Jimmy and Bam. The Heat's you know, top two guys, um, you know, when I think of who Lowry is most going to affect in a positive way, I think of those two guys first. Um, those two guys are both really good ball handlers and playmakers, but now they'll be back in a role that I think suits them probably better as secondary ball handlers. Guys, you need more than one guy that can make plays with a ball in his hands. Now that he'd have, you know, going to have three on the floor to even start games that offense can run through, but they're not going to have the responsibility to do all of that and score. And in Bam's case, also rebound in both Bam and Jimmy's case, also defend. So I think the game is going to be made easier for both Jimmy and Bam. I was talking to a, a, a longtime friend of mine who, who was a longtime assistant coach in the league and now is doing media work. Um, and, you know, he talked about getting big guys to run and nothing will make a big guy run harder and faster and consistently than having a point guard that's going to get you the ball. And Bam can outrun nearly every player that's going to defend him this year and Kyle Lowry's going to get him the ball. So I, I think you're going to see more dunks and layups from Bam in full court. Um, I think the pick and roll action should be great between those two. And I can't wait to see what Kyle does for, for Bam's game. Uh, uh, you know, I hope Bam gets his rebounds up and over 10. I think that's important. It dropped a little bit last year. I think he's going to, you know, 18 to 20 points a game. I, you know, I don't know how much it remains to be seen how the scoring is going to be divided, but it's going to be easy for him. For Jimmy, same thing. And, and listen, that's been my only frustration of the preseason so far. We've only seen Jimmy Butler for 16 minutes uh, at Houston. But they've had time together in practice. And you can't expect to get all your work done in the preseason. A lot of, a lot of what happens in the season evolves through the season. So how it works with Jimmy and Kyle, listen, they're, they're close already off the court. I think the chemistry is going to be organic and natural. And um, I think it's going to be great for, for both Jimmy and Bam. Although with Jimmy, I want to see it first. I want to see how it transfers over. With Bam, you've already seen it uh, in glimpses during the preseason. I, I think the thing you hit on, and then we'll get to your third one, uh, that's really important is that, like you said, they have now three guys who can play on the ball, but now all of them will have the freedom to play off the ball. And like you said, Bam and Jimmy really didn't have that freedom previously. Um, and again, it's no disparaging Dragic, uh, who was great at getting his own. Uh, I mean, that just his style of play, but he wasn't the type to kind of create as much for others. And now you have someone who can, I mean, I can see some games where 
Kyle has six points, but is incredibly impactful. Like I, I, I agree. I think he's going to look for his offense only sort of when necessary. Jimmy's a little like that too. I think that they don't want necessarily Bam to be like that. And I think as we see the progression from Bam, uh, this team will take off. Also, you mentioned scoring. We've had this sort of running thing on five on the floor because I sort of threw it out there uh, two weeks ago. I think Tyler Hero could lead this team in scoring, and I think it's possible that nobody scores 20. I, I think they could have five guys between 13 and 19, and I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing, but I, I think four of the starters and Tyler Hero could all kind of be in that mix, but I don't want to, I don't want to do too much of a hit ahead pass. I feel a little too much like Kyle now, like I'm just taking it and increasing the pace on you. Let's slow it down a little bit. We're going to bring it back. What's your number three? Okay, number three, um, it, it's a double header. Uh, the toughness of Tucker, PJ Tucker, and the team defense. Um, the, this team that this this group of people that they have put together this year. I, I think other than the '96 '97 Road Warriors, this roster seems to fit the culture as well as any that that I have seen. And you know, it's so many tough-minded veteran. Uh, defensive-minded players, uh, hard-nosed players, competitive guys, um, guys that don't want to give up an inch. And P.J. Tucker and Kyle La like, just think about, you know, to think of Tucker and Lowry and Bam and Butler, I mean, it's hard to imagine four better defenders on, on a starting five in the NBA. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I, I think that he is going to be a bear to play against defensively. Um, you know, you can't, you, you can't just be good on defense because you say you want to be good. You've got to think about it. You got to work on it. You got to communicate about it, uh, almost on a daily basis. And they do, they do, they, they take that personal. So I can't wait to see the, the, the defensive toughness that PJ Tucker and this, and this crew is going to play. And I do think, you know, one of the questions about this team, I think the two questions are, you know, depth and will there be enough scoring? And I think, you know, those are valid questions. I think some of that, that scoring question will be answered on getting points off of your defense, getting points off stops and steals. So I'm counting on that, turning people over and being able to score. Um, but I, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, throwback to Pat Riley's heat in the late nineties to watch this team defend. So that is on my board, on my radar uh, and, and Heat Nation, get ready to roll up your collective sleeves, put on your put on your blue collars and your hard hats and get ready to dig in because that's what your team is going to be doing this year. I love I love that you referenced the 96, 97 team. That's one of my favorite Heat teams of all time. It was when it was the first time I felt like the Heat had arrived on the scene and made some playoff noise. I'll never forget that Road Warriors squad. Um and you talked about scoring. And when I think back to those years, it's crazy that there were games played in the late eighties from a points perspective. And, uh, and we considered them so such riveting action. Right. And now this team, there's question marks about scoring. And I think that that's where to me, um, I'm super interested to hear what you've seen and just your takeaways of probably the best player on the team so far uh, this preseason and that's Tyler hero and what he can uh, bring to the team. You know, we see that he's kind of sculpted his body differently, really committed himself in that way. I think it's just self-evident when for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early. So everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts. So you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You look at him um, and then just watching him play, he's just kind of hit the ground running. And obviously, Duncan Robinson has a big contract to, to live up to. I know that some of that they can suppress maybe in comments to the media, but it is something that is there. I'm interested just those two guys and what they mean for the team offensively, what they open up, uh, just kind of what you envision for those guys, particularly though, Tyler, as we've seen how good he's played this preseason. I'm going to try to take that one tasty piece at a time. Tyler Hero would have been my fourth thing. The, you know, the rise of Hero is what I would call it. Um, I almost think it's it's right the way it worked out. Like he had this real big splash as a rookie. Everybody remembers his 37-point game against the Celtics in the conference finals. And, you know, maybe it was a little too much, too soon. We all loved it. Uh, we saw the kind of sizzle and spark that he could provide. Uh, he's entertaining. He's dynamic. He's explosive and a little bit erratic early in his career. Last year, it felt like a step back. It wasn't, it just wasn't the great meteoric step ahead. There were some things he did better last year than the year before, but in the most telling things, uh, you know, like it reminds me a little bit of Gabe Vincent. Gabe does a million great things, but the one thing he's had trouble with is what everybody notices, missing open jumpers. Well, with Hero last year, you know, the one thing that really fell off was his three-point shooting. And that's sort of a thing that it's easy for everybody to see that. But I think the disappointment of last year, uh, you know, being a starter, losing that spot, um, going through the personal things he went through, you know, it tested him. And I think he found a way to springboard out of that and rededicate and reconnect to, to his passion for the game. He's clearly done that in the offseason. You know, it's funny, and, uh, until the Charlotte game last night, he had not had a bad day in training camp. Every day in practice, he was like the best guy on the court. The three practices I saw, he was the most uh, noticeable offensive player on the floor. You know, he's making three. He's a three-level scorer now. He's been able to get to the basket. Now he's strong enough to, to finish on a more regular basis. You see the floater. He's got the mid-range game. And I think the three-point shot is going to be more reliable for him. Um, and probably more ready than ever to compete defensively. I, I think he's fully embraced the six-man role. And, you know, it's a role. You know, it's funny. Even last year, he didn't start a lot. I think 15 starts earlier in the year. But how many games did he finish? How many times did he play all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter? Will he be a finisher this year? He, maybe, um, but it's a huge role for him. It's a great opportunity. And it's funny, I, before the first preseason game this year, I looked at my spotting, my, my game board that I use. And on the front of it, I had a quote from Eric Spolster last year, preseason opener. And the, the quote was, Tyler Hero's improvement will be really important to this team. And, you know, it was, or, you know, it was a little bit less than what we, we had all hoped for. I think you use that same stamp for this year. Uh, how well he plays is going to be very important to the Heat. I think he's ready. Listen, he's not going to average 25 a game like he was leading up to the fourth preseason game. But the spark he's going to bring on a nightly basis is going to be important. It's going to be necessary. And, of course, it's so entertaining for the fans. 
Yeah, and I think the, the thing you hit on there that we've talked about a lot is I just think things have been simplified for Tyler this year. Like, it, it's very clear what his role is. That I mean, there's no Kendrick Nunn that he's sort of competing with for minutes. There's no Dragic around. The bench is his. Like, it, it, at least until Oladipo comes back, if Oladipo comes back, whatever condition Oladipo comes back in, Tyler Hero is the primary scorer, primary playmaker, on that bench. And he's also going to get a ton of minutes. We've seen it with Kyle Lowry, uh, with some of the staggering uh, that, that Eric is going to do. And so I, I just think things have been made easier for him in a lot of different ways. And, and I, I think that is helpful. I just think last year talking about a six week break after the finals, basically you come right back and then you're thrown in the starting lineup. Uh, and then remember, and we've t- discussed this many times, Greg and I, that starting lineup at the beginning of the season. I mean, they started with Mo Harkless. They started with then with Myers Leonard. Like it, it wasn't what it was the year before. I, there was no consistency there. Jimmy missed some get time. I just think this is going to be a whole lot easier. Uh, let's set you up now for number before, five. Oh, go ahead. But before, before we get to number five, Greg talked about Duncan, and I wanted to mention Max Struess as well. They are not in my top five things, but they could be. Um, mm. You know, the heat is blessed right now because Duncan Robinson's success is now being mirrored by Max Struess. Um, very similar, the discovery of two undrafted guys that had this – particular skill that is coveted right now, shooting the, the long jump shot. Um, so they did the same thing with Struess. And Struess, you know, sees what has happened with Duncan Robinson, studies Duncan Robinson, sees how hard Robinson works, sees the kind of great shape Robinson is in, because as a shooter like that, you got to work so hard without the ball to get free, a la Ray Allen, a la Reggie Miller, a la John Sunbold or any other great, you know, Wayne Ellington, the, the, the spot up shooters that don't do it off the dribble that have to do it with movement without the ball. Now where Struz has a little bit of an advantage, he's not bad with the ball. He can get his own shot. He can get to the basket. He's determined defensively and they're both gifted three point shooters. So you could always have one of those guys out there. Um, they occupy great energy from the, the defensive team and attention. And uh, I just love the fact that the Heat have both of them and they're, and they're very similar in the way they got here and, and the way they're going to stay in the league for a long time. So I love both of those guys. You know, Struess, talk about the value of summer league and, and your role changing. He's a role player, you know, coming off last year. And then in the summer, he's the guy and the ball is in, in his hands and he showed you what he was capable of. And leadership skills came came from him as well and now there is a confidence level there for max that was not there previously and i am so happy to see him transfer his summer success and carry it over into the preseason he's in the rotation for for spo to start the season and he's another guy you know you talk about the depth struce is a guy that's going to get struce and maybe vincent as well they're going to get early opportunity to prove that they belong in that rotation they will either sink or swim. And we're all hoping that they do well in, in roles that I do think they're capable of doing well in. All right. Now you've got me. Okay. Now I don't know what five is. Cause I, I thought, I thought one of those two guys was going to be five. So I'll, I'll, before we get, we're going to do some rapid fire right after this, but give me five. Remember I pulled Kendrick Nunn out of the woodwork before everybody was talking about him. Yeah. It's Victor Oladipo. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the, the weight for when he's ready, um, this comeback that we are rooting for, for this player, for this person, for this, for this young former all-star 
who's trying to get his career back on track. You know, uh, that allure of what he could have brought last year, it was so frustrating for him and for, for the Heat and for the fan base. Fourth game, you know, he's, he's having a good game and, you know, the quad goes on him again. And it was, it was a sad setback to see, to see him have to go through all of that again in an off-season surgery. But listen, I don't know what kind of work he's doing right now, but we all see the way he's moving around. I don't think he's done anything with sharp cutting or, or full out running yet, but I, I do believe he will be back. Um, it's this great X factor that's just sort of floating out there, even if it's mid season, um, you know, what can he do for this team the second half of the season? And more importantly, by playoff time, um, nobody knows, but it's a, it's an X factor that could take the heat from this level that they're already at, that we are at preseason excited about, and he could turn it up a level or two. He embodies a lot of what may or may not be missing, but another offensive player, another playmaker, another basket attacker, another guy that can play on the defensive end. Um, you know, he's dynamic when he's healthy. And the Heat will be, I, I'm sure Victor and the Heat will be very wise and judicious about plotting and charting and working uh, for this comeback. But I'm, I'm rooting for him and I'm, I'm hopeful for him. And I just think of the possibilities of what a healthy Oladipo could add to this group. All right, we're going to go to break here real quick, and then we've got one rapid-fire question for you. I'm, I've got one out of left field. We're going to let Greg get, get one out of left field. I'll give him a second to think about it. Before we do, I want to tell you about one more sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network, another local sponsor. You run a small business. You run a medium-sized business. You know somebody who does. You want to make the boss happy. Reach out to CPT of South Florida. They've been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud-hosted phone systems and managed IT. If you own a small or medium business and you're looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, you should give TJ a call right now. He's been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month. He could do the same for you with a cloud phone system. You can work from anywhere on any device for a free in-person consultation. Call TJ at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. Here's the deal. Mention five reasons, 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones and the first two months of service free. They service Broward, Dade and Palm Beach. Again, give TJ a call, 954-966-2766 or the website, cpt-florida.com. All right, I'm going to let Greg think about it. I'm sure there'll be some nostalgia question that he wants to get you on. I got something much more important here. You are a long-suffering football fan, uh, as is pretty much everyone in South Florida. It's been 1969, my friend, uh, the last time I grew up in New York. I, the, only, the only NFL jersey I ever owned was a Ken O'Brien jersey, and I tried to make the case that that was a better draft pick than Dan Marino, so that's what I know about football. Uh, the Dolphins have been 1973. I'm putting you on the spot here, Mr. Reed. Who wins a Super Bowl? I've got to get it to playoff. Just skip the playoff games. Neither of them win playoff games anyway. Who wins a Super Bowl first, the Jets or the Dolphins, Eric? God only knows. All, all I know is it's, uh, you know, nothing seems longer than a, than a bad team in, in football season. Um, you know, it is nostalgia for me because I grew up in New York. My, my dad bought season tickets to the New York Jets when they were playing at Chase Stadium. My dad had a good sense of timing. He, uh, he bought season tickets the year they drafted Joe Namath out of Alabama. So I think it was 1964. 
So from like seven or eight years old, um, you know, all I wanted back then was to be the section 110 jet fan of the year. Okay. Every year at the, in the last home game, this one guy in our section gave out a little plaque to the jet. That's what I want. I, I wanted to be the jet fan of the year in section 110. And at the age, I think of 11 and a half, uh, in, in January 12th, 1969, uh, actually before that I was at, I, my dad took me to the Jets Raiders, 1968 AFL championship game. Namath against LaMonica, these two great AFL teams. And the Jets won this incredibly competitive game. I think it was 27, 23. Um, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Don Maynard's over the shoulder catch. We sat in the end zone, second level. It was like right underneath us. I remember it like it was yesterday, okay? And I remember my dad looking at me and said, something about going to the Super Bowl. I said, bring me back a program? He goes, you're coming with me. And lo and behold, we, we flew down to Miami. Uh, could you believe it was in Miami, right? Super Bowl three. Mm -hmm. It was before the merger. You know, history calls it one of the most important games in the history of, of pro football because it was the game that really ignited the merger of the two leagues, the AFL and the NFL. That's the game that, that sort of, you know, turned the key. Uh, the Jets were like 16, 17, 18-point underdogs. But to be at that game as a 11 or 12 year old kid, my dad passed away 34 years ago, uh, the year before, 35 years ago, the year before I got the heat job. But that is one of the magical moments of my childhood. One of the great memories of my life that we were, I remember we rented a convertible and after the Jets beat Don Shula's Colts, by the way, in that game, we're driving from the Orange Bowl back to where we were staying in North Miami and it started raining and we didn't care and the top stayed down. And it was just one of those, heaven sent nights. And we haven't seen another one like that since, but I, I, I don't know. I root for the franchise, the logo. I don't even know what I root for anymore. My, my family doesn't understand it. Uh, it's a, it's a lonely time for me on Sundays because everybody runs away from me and I'm in a room by myself. And sometimes I can take it. And sometimes I can't. But, Eric, uh, they waited along with the dolphins for 20 years for the Patriots to finally fall back to the pack. And now the bills pass the yeah. both of all teams. Listen, I, as a, as a dolphins fan, I think I can say <laughs> on behalf of a jets fan and a dolphins fan that, um, our motto right now is at least we have the heat, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's essentially what we need to lean into you know, most. With, with football, it's like you, I love watching football and I, I watch it at the high school level. I love watching college football. I, I broadcast college football for almost 20 years uh, and I, and I enjoy the NFL and sometimes it's better to unplug from the bad team you root for and just watch the sport. Like it's supposed to be played. It's, it's refreshing. You guys should try that. Yeah, yeah it's, no. it's not a bad idea. I will say this. One of my highlights of my journalistic career was driving up to Jupiter to Joe Namath's house to do a story about the anniversary of his guarantee, of course, and the touchdown club and everything that went into that. A lot of misconceptions about what actually occurred there. And so I, I went and talked to Joe. He came out and greeted me wearing a faux fur coat. And that's pretty much it. He says, I don't wear the regular fur anymore because I get in trouble for it. But he came out wearing a faux fur coat. And that is very, very Joe Namath. All right. I'm going to turn it over Either to Greg. Go, the <laughs> best, the, I think one of the highlights of my career, other than broadcasting, uh, for years, for 10 years, Tony Fiorentino and I did the Read and Fiorentino mm -hmm. Golf Classic and this Call of the Game dinner. And I think it was our last dinner. Uh, it was the 50th year anniversary of Super Bowl three. And we honored Joe Namath. This might be the best sales job I ever did on our committee. 
Joe Namath to get the Don Shula Sports Legend Award. And Coach Shula was, you know, presented the award each year with us. And to reunite Namath and Shula mm -hmm. in Miami 50 years after it happened, I just love being a part of creating that synergy and magic. And it, I knew it was going to be a unique chance for those two to share the mic, share the stage. And uh, I got to give the intro speech to, to Joe Namath, who was my sort of childhood hero. And uh, what a, what a, it's a moment I, I won't forget a night. I won't forget. Well, I, I, none of the night I won't forget. I, we are going to toss this to Greg, but I, I remember the call of the game dinner where Jim Mandich, uh, appeared and was honored and what that was like because yes. of the, the love and it, it's hard for me to believe it's been that many years since he's passed and the anniversary was recent uh but but watching uh pat riley with jim mandage there because we, we knew what the relationship was uh between the two of them and, and jim was really one of my favorite people in media he treated everybody well uh yeah. and and so uh, that that was something that i'll always remember from those dinners but greg we're tossing it to you let's see what you got Hey, we're going to stick on the sentimental track for one second. I have a comment before my question, and that's just I'm very rarely the youngest dude on this podcast. And right now at age 39, I am. And uh, just uh, I, ha I have to take the opportunity to tell you that literally every basketball memory that I have cataloged in my brain uh, is with you on the call from a Miami heat perspective, like all of them all the way down the line. So that's like super cool in its own way. Um, and this is my question. I'm under the impression you write all your notes by hand. I, I, am I correct in that assumption? No, you know, it's, I'd say it's sort of, uh, I don't know, 60, 40 computerized, but I, I, At I, one I, time, I, wasn't it all written out like it, page by page? It used to be, you know what? It's funny. I have one in front of me from uh, last night. Okay. This is my front cover. That's all by hand. Okay. And it's just the games of the night, some general game notes, things like that. The guts of it, okay, uh, forget it. Okay, the guts of it. <laughs> That's an eye chart, yeah. Part of it is computer. Oh, the listener, uh, that was an eye chart that we just saw. <laughs> all right, I, I, I work with a company called Broadcaster's Edge. And what they did was took, they'll, they'll take what a broadcaster used to do by hand and computerize it. And now on the press of a, it's a great database of every player and every coach in the NBA uh, with their height, weight, college, years played, and at the press of a button, what gets imported and updated automatically is their season stats, what each player did in the, in the game previously, and their career numbers. That's so very convenient think and about efficient. The think about the minutiae of just transferring stats to your board. Oh, yeah. So, so here, this I, is my follow-up. I, I reinvest that time, and I have room on my board to then enter things by hand on day of game and things like that. But I go through this, you know, for every game, I, you know, I, I don't know where I rank on the food chain of broadcasters. I know I'm one of the most prepared, but what I've learned over the years is the preparation is just how you get ready. But, you know, so, I, I always say, talk about the disciplines involved, the discipline to be prepared for every game you do. And the more important discipline to never force or overuse that information. I know who's boss. The game is my boss. The game really points me in the direction I need to go in to tell the story of that game. And Greg, I thank you for your, your comments because uh, you know from year one and now we begin year 34, I think you know my passion has always been there. Uh, my humility has always been there. 
um, and my appreciation for the job from the day I got it uh, has always been there. But all of those things are growing uh, because the longer you do it, the more you realize how blessed and fortunate you are to do something that hopefully you're good at, uh, that you enjoy as much as I still do. And it's, you know, I, I live my life professionally. Just get, you know, all I've done over these first 33 years is just keep getting ready for the next game and then keep investing and enjoying in the game that we're in. And uh, it's been a great way to, to earn a living. Um, I couldn't have, you know, for me, this is a dream, you know, to get one of 30 jobs in the NBA, it's a miracle and it's a blessing, but to get one of those jobs with an NBA team in their first year as an expansion team, and they've had the opportunity to watch it grow and help chronicle that growth. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the people that knew me back when I was growing up, you know, aren't surprised, but um, because I always sort of aspired and dreamed of this and now living that dream and living up to what it takes to make that dream work. Um, it's it's uh, just a very enjoyable pursuit of, you can never go reach perfection with it, but uh, I just love connecting with the game, with with my broadcast partners, and with the people uh, of Heat Nation that enjoy tuning in each night to watch their team play. Yeah, I know there's appreciation of you for sure, uh, and also I I share the appreciation I think that you feel for the fact that as to cycle back to the beginning of this episode, you you go into seasons with hope, like there you go into most seasons with the belief that this team is going to be competitive. It doesn't mean they're going to win a championship, but they're going to be competitive and compelling. And especially in the last 25, 26 years uh, since Pat came down, there's very few seasons that we've gone into and said, mm, there's not going to be anything to remember out of this one. Like I, I feel like most of the seasons uh, there has been something that you can look forward to and I don't want to depress us, but the football teams that you and I follow, that's not always the case. All right, Eric Reed, thank you for joining us. We appreciate uh, you doing this with us again and, and kind of stepping in and having some fun with us. Uh, and obviously I'll, I'll be, I'll be seeing you at the arena a whole lot more this year. So, uh, and, and maybe even on the road, who knows? Uh, hey, see you on the road in Charlotte. Appreciate <laughs> being with you guys um uh enjoy your work and uh i know we all love the basketball so it, and, and we love covering a team that tries to maximize every season and that's what the pat riley uh arison family led miami heat do just that um there are no throwaway seasons there's no reboots and rebuilds it's getting the most out of each season and that's really what life's about getting the most out of the present and and enjoying each day and each game Eric, we'll we appreciate you joining us. Check out our sponsors, CPT of South Florida, everythingtradeshows.com, and therapistpreferred.com. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.